Inflation, it's taking a while to come down and that's uh, seen bond yields higher today, not just in the United States. And stocks aren't sure how to take it all. They're a bit all over the place this morning in the States and it's not just inflation that's holding up. Jobs are too. The UK job numbers were strong yesterday. We'll find out how the US retail is going today. Central banks clearly have a lot more to do. So much more that NAB is now upping its terminal rate expectations for the RBA. We'll look at that today. It's a busy day. It's Wednesday, the 15th. 15th of February 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, we did say there would be fireworks after the US CPI and bond yields. Yes, they have been rising. 10-year treasuries up five basis points to 3.75%. That's after they've paired back quite a bit. Two years, we're up almost 11 basis points, getting over uh, 4.65%, which I think is the highest it's been since 2007. A few basis points lower now, but still eight basis points up on the day. Yields higher in Europe too. German 10-year bonds up seven basis points. 10-year gilts up 12. Aussie 10 years yesterday were down two basis points to three. 0.73%, but rising 10 basis points on futures overnight. And as you might expect, stocks took a hit. Then they tried to climb back again, not with great success for the Dow, which is down half a percent. The S&P 500 was down more than 0.6%, but marginally in the red at close. The Nasdaq was down 0.4%, but it's up 0.6% at close. And just after close, good news for Airbnb. We'll sneak this one in after hours trade, uh, beating on Q4 revenue, even though its gross bookings were down a little bit. So their shares are up 11% in immediate after hours trade. Against all of that, not so much movement in European equities overnight, or with the US dollar. Well, it was gliding down, then it shot back up again. So it's only slightly below where it was yesterday right now, and it is up half a percent on the Japanese yen. Little to talk of with other currencies. The Aussie is up 0.3%, almost 69.9 US cents, and oil falling around 1% for both Brent and WTI. Brent now at 85.60 a barrel. So let's look at this movement in bonds, particularly in the US, with NAB's Taylor Nugent in Melbourne. Uh, it's not confined to the US, though, is it? I mean, the, that, that response to those US CPI numbers, they were a little bit lower in January, but not as much as expected. And the response on bonds seems a, a little contagious. We've seen a bit of a reaction everywhere. Yeah, good morning, Phil. So yeah, that, that US CPI number coming in, you know, at consensus in terms of the month-on-month reads for, for core and headline, the core coming in at 0.4% month-on-month and, and um, 0.5% month on month for that headline read. But as you say, that headline number um, and core number dropping a little bit less than expected in a year on year sense. Um, and after some kind of initial volatility in the, the immediate aftermath of, of those numbers, the, the market reaction seems pretty clear and really concentrated in, in the rates market as well with um, US two-year yields up um, as much as 12 basis points and, and kind of extending that theme of Higher for longer um, that we've seen in in rates since the since the surprise on payrolls and and the services ISM last Friday mm. essentially this sort of um, this sort of locks in doesn't it that expectation now that there's going to be another fifty basis points twenty five in March and twenty five in May doesn't it yeah I, I think that's right the messaging from from Fed speakers has been pretty consistent that you know there is more to come they're not out of the woods yet um, and um, we did hear the Fed's Barkin speaking after those CPI numbers as well kind of sticking to the the same the same script and, and also noting that if inflation persists at levels well above our target maybe we'll have to do have to do more so suggesting kind of even some some risk of more to do than that but you know i think his summary of the the inflation numbers was was a good one just noting that um 
you know, there's going to be a, a lot more inertia and persistence to inflation than, than maybe we all want. Um, and I think, you know, you can see in the reaction that we've seen here, it's a fairly sizable reaction, especially when you consider that kind of that that headline and core monthly number did come in in line with consensus. And, you know, there was a lot of talk about potential upside risk coming into this number. But I think, you know, mm. taking a taking a step back, I think if we think about where we've been since the last um, CPI numbers in um uh, about a month ago, which, you know, they painted a, a much more optimistic picture, the kind of combination of those revisions to, to seasonal factors that we saw last week combined with this, this number means that on a three-month annualised sense, um, core inflation was 3.1% a month ago. It's now 4.6%. Um, and if you kind of strip out um, shelter and used cars from core as well for a kind of super core measure, that's now running at 3.7% on a three-month annualized basis rather than 1.8. So, you know, while the mm. thematics of kind of some of those goods pressures starting to come out, there's still good reasons to be hopeful that rents inflation will fall as um, the kind of lagged impact of lower market rents continues to flow through. That kind of disinflation that kind of looked to be in evidence and very convincing about a month ago is kind of much less convincing on, on these numbers. And I think, you know, that's reflected in that, Kind of you know more agreement that higher for longer is is um, certainly expected from the fed well barely have we got time to get over those numbers the uk cpi numbers are out today uh, this evening aussie time uh got to wait till the 23rd of february for the eurozone numbers but in the uk the core rate was 6.3 percent last time it's not expected to fall much is it the headline rate is still expected to be in double figures as well so i mean it's almost the same story for the uk yeah, that's right. So the UK's turn this evening on on CPI expected to to fall to ten point three percent from ten point five on on a year on year rate. So still very elevated, and that that core number, as you say, expected to to tick down only a tenth to to six point two percent year on year. And so, you know, still still persistent in inflation on on those forecasts, and um, you know, very important for the BOE given that their guidance um, after the February meeting was that you know if if the economy evolved as they expected, that maybe there's a case for a pause, but, you know, there would need to be signs of more persistent inflation pressure for them to, to continue to increase rates. Um, and so, you know, numbers like that on, on CPI could be could be adding to the case that more needs to be yeah. done. And they've got a tight labour market. We saw that today. So the change in payrolls from the tax office was 102,000 extra people in, in employment. The ONS statistics said a 74,000 increase, though the unemployment rate remains... Uh, stubbornly low at 3.7%. The claimant count has fallen by almost 13,000. So, I mean, that's a tight labour market. If anything, it's getting tighter. Yeah, yeah. So those employment numbers and and that unemployment rate consistent with a still tight labour market, as you say, the unemployment rate staying at that historically low level of of 3.7%. Probably the most interesting data um, from on the labour market front from the UK overnight, especially in the context of the BOE, kind of looking for these signs of more persistent inflation was um, the wages data that came out alongside those numbers. So average earnings, excluding bonuses, rose 6.7% year on year. Um, that was higher than the 6.5% um, expected and, and the 6.5% previously as well. So suggestive that... Um, you know, those wages pressures are, are still alive and well. Um, and, you know, again, kind mm. of just making that case that maybe there are risks for the BOE there. 
you know, there are, you know, some signs of potentially um, opportunities for a positive reading in, in that data as well. If you look at just private sector wages, excluding bonuses, the kind of quarter on quarter change was did slow slightly from from the previous quarter. Um, but, you know, the, the big picture there is that wages growth is, yeah. is still running at a level that would make the BOE pretty uncomfortable. And still about, lots of um, exactly those risks and still lots of strike action that's not resolved yet, which could also push wages up. And then we had the OECD publishing numbers as well uh, overnight with the uh, the figures for the OECD, the unemployment rate stable at 4.9% across the OECD. Of course, it varies a great deal. So 3.9% unemployment for the G7, uh, 6.1% for the European Union, 2.9% for Germany, actually falling in December. So, so a tight labour market everywhere, it seems, and it doesn't seem to be easing up. So lots more work for the FOMC, for the Bank of England, for the ECB, and, well, also for the RBA. So NAB is now expecting they will raise rates, what, three more times? So we've uh, we, or two more times. We've upped the forecast anyway, haven't we? From last October, I mean, we were expecting a, a peak cash rate of three point six percent. Now it's expected to go as high as four point one percent. Yeah. So NAB NAB released an updated monetary policy call yesterday, and and as you say, kind of increase our expectation for that that peak cash rate from three point six to to four point one percent. Um, and that's um, on an expectation of three more twenty five basis point increases along. Um, across the next three meetings, so in in March, April, and May, um, and really, there's kind of two reasons for this shift in in the call. Um, so one of them is that you know the RBA does seem to be taking a, a slightly different approach and a bit of a reassessment, um, looking at their communication last week. So there had been this kind of suggestion coming through in RBA communication that they were kind of sensitive that the incoming data flow could make the case for a pause despite high inflation and, and faster wages growth. Um, but, you know, it's pretty clear with that guidance for kind of further increases in coming months um, that, that was evident in, in the communication last week that there's a bit of a reassessment on the wages risks. We saw that in the upward revision to their wages forecasts as well. Um, and also, um, you know, just like a little bit less willing to, to run some of those risks on more inflation persistence and, and higher wage growth, sustaining elevated inflation than, than maybe it had seemed they were late last year. Um, and then the other side of that as well just speaks to the the data flow, which you know on our on our rate is continuing to to show resilience into into the start of twenty twenty three. Well, yeah, the NAB business survey yesterday. I mean, business conditions were strong, weren't they? Probably too strong for the RBA, and we saw price growth uh, rearing its ugly head in that as well, didn't we? That's right. Yeah. So you know, al- alongside that, one of those data points just kind of showing the resilience of that backdrop was that rebound in in business conditions in January coming through in the in the NAB survey. So business conditions there rebounding five basis points back up to to plus eighteen. So that's a level that's well above its long run average, and so consistent with. You know, very very strong activity led by led by the trading conditions component, and suggesting that you know business activity is still very strong. We also saw across the more forward looking measures, um, business confidence was up to to plus six, so returning to around its long run average. Um, and you know, capacity utilization and forward orders also rose a little bit, so suggesting a a little bit more um, optimism about the the near term outlook on that front as well. Um, and then, yeah, as as you mentioned, those key cost and and price components of the survey as well. While they are, you know, off their highs um, a few months ago, 
um, they did increase a, a little bit from the, that previous reading as well. And so, you know, consistent with what we were discussing before about just potentially a bit more um, inertia and persistence in, in inflation, even as, you know, the outlook is still for, for inflation to have peaked and for, for disinflation to be evident through 2023. And consumer confidence uh, yesterday, we saw that fall from 84.3 down to 78.5. But that is because rates went up, isn't it? I mean, pure, <laughs> pure and simple, if you push people's uh, interest rates up, push their mortgage costs up, then consumer confidence is, is going to fall. But interestingly, uh, in that report yesterday, they said we've only seen levels lower than this when Australia has been in recession. And uh, we know that doesn't happen that often. Yeah, that's right. So that contrast between what's happening in, in business conditions and what's evident in, you know, the consumer spending data as well and what consumers are saying um, is still yeah. still very, very stark. And so, you know, as you say, elevated inflation, increasing interest rates, these aren't, aren't popular and they are kind of squeezing household budgets. But, you know, it still has to be a mm-hmm. case of, of watch what the consumer is doing and, and not what they're saying in terms of the how we're assessing the outlook. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're expecting a bad year this year, but a more positive outlook for five years, isn't it? So it's, it's pretty much interest rates and inflation that's spooking people and, uh, you know, you can't blame them for that. So if we if we see the, the terminal rate going up to 4.1%, then presumably that means GDP is going gonna, is gonna to have to be revised as well, isn't it? That's going to take a hit, surely. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's right. So alongside this kind of increase in the call, you know, there, there is kind of a, a bit of a downward revision to activity as well as this as this um, flows through. Um, and so... I wonder if... I wonder if um, I wonder if Philip Lowe will acknowledge all of this because he's in front of the Senate hearing today, isn't it? I mean, I wonder whether he's going to uh, sort of accept the fact that they are going to go for three more hikes. I mean, he may not say it explicitly, but, you know, he's what, what do you like with body language? His body language is going to tell us, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. It'll, it will be interesting to hear from from Lowe today. We haven't heard from um, him for, for a while. Um, and so with that kind of, you know, that fairly material shift in both the, the forecast for wages and underlying inflation, but also the kind of communication and near-term guidance, um, his appearance before um, the Senate Economics Committee today will be will be very interesting. So, you know, there's likely to be an opening statement there, which will be available pretty quickly after 11.15, and then, you know, ample opportunity for discussion and, and Q&A through that hearing. And so, you know, we'll be looking pretty closely for any further hints on how the RBA is assessing that balance um, between you know, still wanting to not have any unnecessary hit to activity in the in the quest to get inflation back down, um, but you know how how focused are they on those upside risks and and you know what is the what is the bar to to a pause um, with this kind of new assessment that they've laid out in their February statement of monetary policy? I tell you, it has been a busy twenty four hours. Quickly, uh, small business optimism. The NFIB survey in the US fell uh, a bit in uh, numbers out overnight. Ninety point three for January versus ninety one expected. So it is up a little from last time, but only just. Japan maybe not in the rudest of health. Q four GDP annualized zero point six percent against an expectation of two percent, and also the Q three number was revised down from minus 0.8% to minus 1 and the GDP price index up 1.1% year on year. So a bit of news out of Japan. New Zealand house prices now showing a 16.2% fall from their October 21 peak. So uh, rental prices are coming down though. That's the good news. Uh, And a fall in food prices we've just learned as well. So can we assume that inflation, I mean we've thought inflation has peaked. Can we still assume that's the case for New Zealand? Yeah, yeah. So that kind of decline in, in food prices continues to show some moderation in January, although, you know, still at, at very elevated levels, the annual increase now 10.3%. Um, so still very, very high, but down from 11.3% in December. And then I guess one other um, um, recent um, 
piece of information in that New Zealand in inflation puzzle was kind of rental price inflation um, continuing to, to slow. And so, you know, potentially adding to the risk of a, another um, another below forecast um, CPI print in, in Q1 relative to, to where the RBA was in, in November. Right. Well, uh, we've already mentioned the UK CPI, US retail sales and industrial production today, plus the NAHB uh, housing market index as well, and Europe's industrial production numbers. So uh, retail sales will be the interesting one from the US because, I mean, again, just how resilient is the US economy given uh, that, you know, inflation is being so slow to come down? Yeah, that's right. And and certainly expectations are for a bit of a rebound there in those January retail sales numbers. Consensus is looking for a a 2% monthly gain, so a pretty healthy number and a rebound from that minus 1%. 1.1% 1.1% in December. Um, that's kind of boosted by strong retail sales in January, but even the, the kind of the ex-auto and gas numbers still still expected to be up 0.9%. And, you know, potentially, as we've seen in other US data releases recently, that kind of unseasonably warm weather in January, kind of no doubt a factor in, in those prints as well. Very good. All right. Thanks for taking us all through. It was a bit of a rush this morning, wasn't it, Taylor? But good to talk to you. We'll get you again soon. Thanks. Thanks, Phil. I think we squeezed in as much as we could into 15 or 16 minutes there, didn't we? Uh, that's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB, back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then.